Hi, this is Ian from Brooklyn, New York. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Take it, Jesse. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. Radio sweetheart, on the airways, it's the sound of This Sound of Young America podcast was recorded live at the Seattle Sketchfest in Seattle, Washington. My guest was Pete Rothbart, one of the editors of an amazing magazine called Found, composed exclusively of things that people have, well, found. Let's get to the stage of the Seattle Sketchfest. For people who uh, might be out there listening and have never seen an issue of Found magazine, if they opened it up, what would they find? They would find a collection of notes and letters and pictures and um, homework, to-do lists, dead frogs, uh, uh, and, and other, uh, other such things that have been found by people across the country and actually across the world. How did it start? One day in Chicago, my brother was, uh, it was a snowy day in Chicago, and he went out to his car, which was parked on the street. And you know when it snows, all the cars end up kind of looking the same? So he, he, he found a note on his car that was addressed to a guy named Mario, and it said, Mario, I hate you. You're a liar. You said you had to work. Why is your car here at her place? I hate you. I hate you. Signed, Amber. And then at the end, it had a little coda. P.S. Page me later. <laughs> and he just thought that was such a sweet... It was, it, was so, it was sweet and funny, and also at the same time a little heartbreaking, because you, you, can, you can sense how upset Amber is, but also how how much he cares about this guy Mario and he you know he showed it to a lot of his friends and and they would tell him about things that they had found as well and he thought it was such a shame you know people always have these these notes that they found posted up on their refrigerator or or something like that and he thought it was such a shame that only the people who trooped through their kitchen would get to see it so he had the idea why not make a magazine where everyone can share around after this operation got started do you remember the first thing that you found that was that was really promising or magical yes um in 2002, I think, when I was at the University of Michigan, I found, under under the tire of my bike, I found a uh, a pretty handsome-looking sign that someone had slapped together, you know, like maybe a Photoshop or something like that. And they clearly put some time into it. And it said, after leaving the building, please lock this door. It will prevent unauthorized people from entering the building and defecating in the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks. And I had to wonder after that, like, how many times did it, how many repetitions of someone taking a dump in the washing machine did it take <laughs> before they were inspired to make that sign? Or maybe maybe that was like a second or third generation sign. The first right. sign was just handwritten. <laughs> it, didn't, it, it didn't work, right? Yeah. They keep finding that defecate, <laughs> I believe is what it's called on public radio. <laughs> What's the difference between a find that's neat and a find that makes it into the pages of Found Magazine. You know, what we look for in a find is something that will help you relate to someone's humanity. You know, that, that really helps you see, see the world through their eyes, whether it's in a funny way or a heartbreaking way. You know, just, just something that gives you a little insight into how other people interact with the world. Can you give me an example of, of a find that gives, like, that really gives insight to someone to someone's world? Um... 
this is one that was found in North Carolina. It's a note to Ron. Um, it says, Dear Ron, the longer I think about what I'm doing, the sicker I feel. Ron, I'm sorry, but I don't think that we should continue to have a relationship together, at least not as a couple. I love you, but things have not been the same since we found out that we were related. <laughs> if you no longer want to speak to me because of this, I'll, st I'll understand. I'll still come visit you on Sundays if you like. I just don't know what to say to you. Love always, Alicia. And, you know, you can, you can imagine this girl going through this process. It's hard to find true love in this world, right? So imagine you finally do, and then it turns out to be your sister, you know? <laughs> You can imagine the the. It's pretty funny. I, when I first read this note, I burst out laughing. But then it's also it's also kind of sad. It really, if you put yourself in her perspective, uh, it it opens your eyes to scenarios you may not have imagined. There's almost a, a built-in sadness or, or pathos to to all finds, being that by their very definition they've been discarded, right? It's it's like everything people make is is art in some way, and. The way I look at it, there's just all this beautiful art just strewn about the streets and, and computer lab trash bins and uh, playgrounds. There's, there's all this art that's out there. And, you know, our objective is to salvage it and, and you know, bring it, bring it to other people as best we can. The last time Davey was on the show um, was in the middle or, or, or immediately after... The two of you had loaded up a van and done a found performance in all 50 states. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you're smiling like that was a trying experience. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, wait, tell me about, well, tell me what that was like. I mean, I can't, uh, the idea of performing in 50 states, I can almost imagine. The well, idea of, of doing it with my brother, <laughs> I have two brothers who I love very much. It, it, it was awesome. Uh, you know, the reason we did a 50-state tour is because as we were putting together the first found book, so we have the magazine and then we also have these found books, and the first found book we realized there were finds in there from every single state, and we thought it was only just to go to every state to share the finds back out with people. That is the and definition of justice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all learned that from the found episodes of Law & Order. <laughs> So, uh, so it, it, we did 50 states, about 135 shows, 100, 100, 150 shows, something like that. Um, 100, I think it was 135 cities, 150 shows. And yes, it was a long, grueling experience. Uh, it's it's very difficult traveling with a, a, a brother and being in, in that sort of close quarters for such a long period of time. But at the same time, I feel like that's he's probably the only person I could do it with because... Uh, when it's family and you get in an argument, it's 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 like no matter what you say to each other or do to each other, um, you're you're still family at the end. So I think it's made us much closer uh, touring around the last five or six years. But we're not here to talk about my my family. Thank thank God we're not here to talk about my family. <laughs> One of the things about doing these shows in different places is that not not only are you performing for these people, but you're also bringing these people to you to to share things mm -hmm. absolutely with you um do you ever do you get things that are that are indicative or somehow native to the places that they came from i, I think I, I i see a lot of uh examples that play into stereotypes like for example that note that i just read about the the inbreeding was from north carolina and <laughs> like, i don't think that's really fair to say that it, that it represents <laughs> that area of the country but uh Yes, I would say absolutely um, we do see a lot of 
uh, people can't help but uh, the, the great thing about these found notes is that they uh, they're they're very true. You know, people they're, they're not expecting their notes to be read by anyone else, and so with that in mind, they they write what they mean. You know, they're not they're not posing for anything, and so um, you see people's bare selves, and uh, and in that sense, yes, I, th- I think you get a, a very real um, image of, of of who someone is. Do you ever feel invasive? Um, yeah, but I, that doesn't bother me. Uh, <laughs> Sincerely, really? you know, I I think found is a bit voyeuristic. You know, you're looking into other people's lives, but I, I think that that's healthy. I think it's I think it's healthy to be curious about other people's experience of being alive, and you know, how they interact with the world. I, I think that's perfectly normal. You've got this pile of finds, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited to uh, investigate. What have you got so there? Here's here's one of my favorites. This one is found in L.A. and and it's addressed to Jesse. So uh, that's per- my name. <laughs> It says, Jesse, I did not take anything. I know there's no convincing you once you've made up your mind. And although I cannot offer you any other explanation as to what happened to it, that doesn't mean I did it. How could I have? You say your car was locked and Katie had the keys. Anyway, I don't need to take something of yours when I can get my own. It doesn't make sense. But here's a replacement, because I can't stand it when you think I've wronged you. Signed, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> There's something there's something really amazing about the stories, not only that are contained literally, but also the stories that they suggest. When you're when yeah. you're driving that van, do you ever just fantasize you, you, about the world? You know, there's so there there's some messages that are cryptic and 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 just bizarre, and and even a lot of the a lot of the notes that are that are clear, you you, you don't know like even this note right here, you don't know what the backstory is, and you're free to just invent whatever you think happened. And, and actually, when we when we invite people to send in their finds, we ask them to share with us, you know, a little bit about the story of where they found it, but also their idea of what was happening in the note and, you know, anything they can conjure up. Well, let's go, let's hear let's hear some an, another one. Uh, yeah, this one was found in uh, Tuscaloosa, I think. It's a uh, it's a flyer, a woman looking for a babysitter. It says, babysitter wanted babysitter wanted for three children, ages eight, six, and four, for after school weekends and evenings, ten to fifteen hours a week. Must be able to drive. I prefer a non-smoker. The kids are cute, the food is good, and the mom is easy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good gig to me, man. And then uh, this one came in from Lincoln, Nebraska. It looks like someone making out a list of goals, uh, things they want to bring into their life. So the first one says, go to church, find God, then find myself through him, get baptized. The second one says, party a lot, meet new people, and start drinking. (laughs) It's the sound of young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is Pete Rothbard. He's one of the editors of Found Magazine. We'll have more with Pete in just a minute when we return. Production of the Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. In the early 60s, Mal Sharp and James P. Coyle put on the squarest suits they could find, picked up a briefcase with a hidden tape recorder, and hit the streets of San Francisco with some of the craziest schemes ever imagined by man. Want to know how a drunk sailor reacts when they tell him they'd like him to star in their verite film about a bank robbery, and that they'll be using real guns, and that no one but him will know it's a film, and that afterwards they'll all split the money? You might be surprised. 
Maximum Fun is proud to present Season 2 of Coil and Sharp, The Imposters. Real put-ons from the real streets of real 1960s San Francisco featuring James P. Coyle and Mal Sharp, a pair of real nuts. Search for Coil and Sharp in iTunes or visit MaximumFun.org. It's the sound of young America from MaximumFun.org. I'm Jesse Thorne. When we left off, Pete Rothbart was reading found notes from the pages of Found Magazine. And this one here was found in San Francisco. It's the first ever found contract. It says, I, Becca McNeil, state herein that upon my death, Drew Copel has all legal rights to my skull. <laughs> I like to imagine Drew coming to Becca's funeral and like trying to collect on that contract, like showing the, showing this handwritten contract to her family, being like, come on, guys, pay up. Yeah, I brought a hacksaw. <laughs> uh, here's another one found in uh, Durham, North Carolina. This, you know, people are always trying to trying to pass pass the buck, trying to blame their problems on someone else, and that's kind of what this person's trying to do. It's a very simple note. It just says, "The condom made a mistake and broke." <laughs> um, as I was saying, we get a lot of found stuff from kids, uh, or the stuff that's written by kids and sent in by kids. But uh, th- this one was written by a kid. Uh, it was found in Columbus, Ohio. It's a kid writing about his grandma. He says, When I heard my grandma died, I sat down and cried. I never wanted her to, but she did. She also got hit in the head with a lid. That was kind of funny. It even tickled my tummy. But anyway, I still feel bad. My brother was so sad. But it's okay. We got other grandmas anyway. <laughs> and then uh, one more that was written by a kid uh, sent in, from Philadelphia. Something you gotta love about kids is their uh, their lack of subtlety. Uh, this one says, Dear Tony, you are the best uncle I've ever had. By the way, my birthday's coming up, and I would like five dollars from you and Aunt Robin. <laughs> That's a very direct approach. Yeah, it is. It you is. gotta hand it to You're that You're the kid. best uncle I've ever had. Do you ever find things that, um, that are scary or or upsetting to you i'll tell you the scariest and most upsetting note that i ever found well i didn't find it but that that i've ever seen um wasn't one it was it was one that i wasn't quite sure what happened it's uh i can paraphrase it for you i think i can recite it it says darling last night i had premonition on that box dark premonition which has bore itself out this premonition explains why we were deadlocked now I don't know what is happening. I th- I think there may have been a murder involved, wow. but uh, that that intimidated me. <laughs> have you ever found anything where it's like it was summoning a demon, but then at the end the like line trails off? Did you down <laughs> towards? <laughs> did you? Did you? Also, it's written in blood. Did you lose something? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> so you you've also you've also taken taken these these finds and expanded them into this whole kind of performance world. You yeah. you starting starting with uh, uh if I'm not mistaken a, a play that you found a portion yeah. of. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, there's a a play that was found in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh it's a four-page play called Art and Architecture, but only pages 1, 2 and 4 were found. And there's there's a, a clear, some, clearly something happens on page three <laughs> on which the entire plot hinges, and uh, I can't tell what, but it's it's pretty hysterical without page three. 
<laughs> it's probably a better play without page three. <laughs> you you've also taken to uh, writing songs based yeah. on the finds. Um, do do you want to play one of the songs? I, I'd love for to. Us? Yeah. So you know, I've Tell us I've, about I've it. written a couple songs that are based on some of the found items. Um, uh, this one I'm going to play for you is based on a find that came into us from Oregon City, Oregon. It's a guy writing to a girl that he met in a coffee shop and who he's been in love with ever since, um, but for the past 10 years. But but he's never quite worked up the courage to tell her how he feels about her. And his life has been through a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, peaks and valleys. Uh, he he gets married and has a kid. He uh, he battles drug abuse. Um, you know, not not to compare having a kid with battling drug abuse, but 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 he's uh. <laughs> His life has gone through a lot of changes, but all the while he's he's reserved these strong strong feelings for this girl, and and then he has this awakening where he realizes his life's ambition, which is to build and race the fastest Nissans in the Northwest. <laughs> and ha- having this this awakening like hel- helps him work up the courage to tell this woman how he feels about her. So so he writes it all down in a letter. He's no longer with the the mother of his child, so he's not he's not sleeping around or not trying to. And uh, he, he writes down everything in this letter and, and sends it to her, and then it turns up unopened on our doorstep, so she never got it. Uh, but I, I thought it was such a beautiful note. I, I, I wrote this song about it called The Baddest Nissans in the Northwest, and I'd love to play it for you guys now. Peter Rothbart. <laughs> I remember that first sight Getting coffee on a cold and rainy October night I can't say who ordered or how late we stayed But your hair was pulled back In a beautiful French braid of such an open mind and so easy to befriend through all the bullshit that I wear to fend off almost everybody else that I wanted to show you my heart despite myself My pursuit of the perfect time and words Would keep me awake But the feeling you were more than I deserved Was one that I couldn't shake I had a very bad disease It hit me like a mobster with a bat to the knees And I'd come to you a cracked out sleepless king 
wanting only to think of this one beautiful thing. You can only go so long Watching your attempts to get the things you want go all wrong So I started hanging with a different crowd And reminding myself not to think my feelings out loud Eight years later, I am so much more complete, but I can't deny the fleeting minutes when I see you on the street are the times that I feel most alive. I know I've been redeemed To build the baddest Nissans the Northwest has ever seen And raise my son to be a proud and caring man In the hope he might have your healing hands Oh. We both have our own paths to follow I love you too much to swallow If you don't see me the same anymore Just know when you need me I'll be there forever yours Thank you. Pete Rothbart is an editor for Found Magazine. You can find them online at foundmagazine.com. Now. That's the public radio portion of the interview. We have one last song for you, and it's distinctly podcast only. It's called The Booty Don't Stop. Here's Pete introducing it. This next one is based on the greatest found item of all time, which is this cassette tape that was found in a little town called Ypsilanti, Michigan. It's right, right near Ann Arbor, where we're from. Represent Ipsy. I'm glad to hear someone in the, in the audience. Um, so what happened was this kid named Nigel was walking home from the bus, and he sees this tape on the ground. Stops to look at it, and when he picks it up, all it says on it, it just says booty tape. <laughs> so Nigel did, in my opinion, the only rational thing that any person could do when you find a tape that says booty tape on it. He raced home with it as fast as he could and popped it in his boombox to see what it was all about. And on it, he found ten of the most dickdonkulous, bootylicious, homemade rap anthems that you can possibly imagine. There were songs like Wave Your Booty in the Air, and taste that booty flavor, and the booty don't stop. And my personal favorite, uh, damn girl, you'll ship me up in my face. Um, and there were no liner notes or anything. It was just a cassette tape, but he was able to figure out the names of all these songs because each one was just one phrase repeated over and over and over again. So, for example, that song, The Booty Don't Stop, he puts the tape in his deck, and on comes this song, and this is what he hears. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. 
Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. You get the idea. Just loop that eight or ten times and you have the booty don't stop in its entirety. So what I did is I wrote a little cover of the booty don't stop. I uh, added some verses to it and kind of did it up in my own style. So, uh, so here it is. The booty don't stop. Come on, girl. Mm. Let's get it on. I tell you that you're special, that you're the only one. And I say I love you though we haven't been together long. I take you to the movies and I show you all my moves. And you know when I play basketball, I bust that J for you. I buy you flowers and candy and I call you every night. When I drop you off at home, I stay till you turn on the light. I do it for one reason, I won't feed you any line. When I first saw that ass, I knew I had to make it mine. Cause damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. What you gonna do? What you gonna do, yeah? Your mama won't let me in your room no matter how I plead. And Papa says when to have you home if I want to keep my knees. Shorty, tell your family, stop fronting on my game. Cause if I don't get to touch that ass, I'll never be the same. Or other girls may have it, and even mom may try. But baby, I don't love them hoes, and let me tell you why. Cause I wanna warm that ass up and tap it like a phone. And call it on those nights I'm cold and feeling so alone. Singing, damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. What you gonna do? What you gonna do, yeah? Girl, the first time I saw that ass, I wanted to get it on. Because I gotta say, baby, it's even finer than Jesse Thorne. David and Goliath, Moses and the sea, Noah and his punk ass ark don't mean a thing to me, but mighty is the crescent and holy is the whole, so baby let's get biblical and I'll show you the score, other boys may covet and others may be meek, but other boys don't get to watch you turn the other cheek. Cause you are mine forever and you will be mine tonight And we'll be getting freaky while I treat that booty right, girl Damn, the booty don't stop, girl Damn, the 
you gonna do? What you gonna do? All right, come on, you guys. Let me hear you. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. Damn, the booty don't stop, girl. What you gonna do? Make it sweet now. What you gonna do, yeah? Beautiful, you guys. Thank you very much. And on that pleasant note, another Sound of Young America program comes to its conclusion. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help from myself. Interstitial music by Dan Wally. Our intern is Casey O'Brien. Special thanks to the folks at Seattle Sketchfest for hosting us so graciously. You can find them online at sketchfest.org. I hope you'll visit us online at MaximumFun.org, and if you have any thoughts about the show, you can always email us. Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at MaximumFun.org is my own very personal email address. We'll see you next time right here on The Sound of Young America.